Hello, and welcome to Dinner at Yiffany's with your host, Taka Myronov. Before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that we have our own Patreon. With tiers starting as low as $1 per month, you can show even more appreciation. Every member, no matter which tier you choose, will receive their own badge on the Dinner at Yiffany's website and a personal call-out at the end of each episode. Starting at the $5 tier, you will receive an exclusive Dinner at Yiffany sticker, and at our top tier, you will receive an even more exclusive t-shirt. All proceeds will be going toward paying for the podcast expenses, including paying voice actors and authors for their contributions. And, if we have anything left over at the end of the year, Patreon members will get to decide which charity the remaining funds go to. I also want to give a shout out to The Voice of Dog, whose Ghost of Dog event has already kicked off. Be prepared for spooky tales and spine-tingling chills. On tonight's episode, in the final hours of celebration, Farath Hoshvi anxiously waits to see if he is named Sacrifice. Gift for the Land The Sacrifice by Orpheus Sacrifice Night The air trembled in celebration. Bonfires roared throughout our village, places for our people to gather and tell stories that had been passed down generation after generation. Once upon a time, I had been one of the little pups who had sat by one of those fires and listened, wide-eyed and curious, as my elders recounted tales of bravery, death, life, and love. Their words were spoken magic. The stories they weave so vivid to my young imagination that I would spend months retelling them to myself. Their stories haunted me, comforted me, and taught me what it meant to be Varath Hashvi. Tonight, I could not bring myself to join in on the celebrations. Tonight, I would not be allowed to participate with the rest of the tribe. I parted the furs that separated me from the outside world and caught a glimpse of children scampering around outside my hut. A roaring bonfire illuminated my surroundings. Three men sat by it and warmed their hands while chatting away the night. Close it, spoke the disinterested and hurried voice of my companion, who for the past hour had been sharing the hut with me, her presence to me cold despite my best attempts. And come back here. The ointments are ready. She sat in the darkness of my hut, her striking pale yellow fur only illuminated by the dim lights of a few candles that she'd brought with her. Jalames, caretaker. I knew by a different name. Thoslavi? Yes? She huffed, annoyed at the distraction, but put down whatever it was that she'd been working on and turned to look at me. What's the problem? A question... What happens if I'm not chosen? Then you will go back to your life and act as if this never even happened. Her response was quick and confident. Her lack of patience was palpable. Are you finished? I would like to get this over with. One more question. Fine. But come here. At least let me get started or we'll fall behind. I crept back into the comfortable darkness of my home, only casting one last glance at the outside world, which seemed entirely oblivious to our existence. A few seconds was all it took to get a good look at her. She was like me, tall, thin, and with a light coating of rough fur that grew thick around her neck. Besides a loincloth wrapped loosely around her waist, she wore very little to hide her decency. I couldn't make out much else in the darkness. 
She was V, like myself and the rest of the tribe. Our similarities far outweighed many of our differences. Outsiders preferred to call us coyotes, just like our feral brethren. For now, my place belonged beside Thaslavi. My naked back turned to her, and my tail uncomfortably draped across her legs. Her hands began to trace vague shapes along my spine. The ointment, as she had taken to calling it, burned. And your other question? Thaslavi asked me, my own pain seemingly of no concern to her. Shutting away the pain was easy enough. Practice had taught me this from an early age. It was her hands. I couldn't stop thinking about them. How many more have been chosen as potential sacrifice? Her hands stopped, but remained pressed against the rough fur of my back. At first, I believed that she was thinking of an answer, but a quick glance back at her cold and unwelcoming stare corrected that thought. You know I cannot answer that. Lavi. It's not like I know the answer. She resumed. Hands now traveled down to my lower back. My tail had a mind of its own. It shifted a little and now rested more comfortably between her legs. At any rate, even if I did, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Nobody would know. You don't know, and you should know better. Her hand wrapped tight around my tail as another gripped a tuft of fur near the back of my neck. With surprising strength, Thaslavi forced my upper body down until it was almost resting against her lap. She whispered now, right up against my ear, her voice so low that even I struggled to make out her words. You know that they listen. Then she pushed me back to the position I had been in before and continued her careful tending to my body as I struggled to catch my breath. All I could do as my heart hammered against my throat was mutter a weak apology. No more stupid questions, Varashvi. Let me work in peace. Her hands now worked on my tail. They formed a tight ring with one another and stroked downwards, spreading more of that ointment all along my fur. Its numbing scent finally reached my nose. It burned heavily of mint and ground spice. With every downward stroke, I shuddered. My eyes closed and my arms tensing up before finally relaxing on my lap. She knew the pleasure it brought. I could almost feel her smiling as I let out a shaky breath of air. Does that feel good? N no. I lied because I knew none of this should have felt good as it did, but... She stroked down again from the point where my tail met with my spine, down to its black-dipped tip. Again, I shuddered, but this time, I nearly moaned. In response to my obvious lie, she did it again, this time her hands closing into a tighter and tighter circle. Is... is this working in peace, Thaslavi? I struggled to get the words out as pleasure and pain seeped into my fur and danced across the surface of my skin. Yes. You looked like you needed it, and your reaction was... Amusing. Some days it was her favorite phrase. Turn, Vareth Hashvi. I did as she commanded, although my own movements were slow. The joints of my arms and legs felt stiff to my commands, as that scent firmly imprinted itself into memory. It even overpowered Thoslavi's own smell. I couldn't catch a whiff of her. But I could very well see her now that we sat face to face with one another and was pleased to see that the look on her face had softened.
I think would be the right term. Just a little bit. I couldn't help but stare when she leaned forward and put a hand to the side of my face. Her long and sharp muzzle was adorned with blue paint that matched the color of her eyes. That same paint created patterns along her forehead and down the sides of her neck. It was the first time that I'd ever seen Thoslavi's fur adorned in such a way and it suited her. Only a few of us in the tribe were allowed to wear such colors. She massaged the side of my face, then brought her hand down to the bottom of my chin. Her fingers were saturated in that ointment. Doing her job didn't mean that she couldn't take a moment to comfort me. Or at least that's what it felt like. I couldn't quite read the expression on her face, so focused yet attentive as well. One more question? She rolled her eyes, but continued the gentle massage. I leaned into her touch, my body closer to hers, and gulped as her fingers came down to wrap around my throat. On instinct, I looked down and stared at the necklace that hung around her neck, a simple thing of ivory and silver. My gaze then wavered as she shifted back a little bit, and I caught a long look at her breast, the darker fur of them soft and short, pronounced dark nipples pierced with brilliant silver rings. It wasn't the first time that I'd seen Thoslavi like this, so naked to my eyes, but tonight... I crossed my legs and closed them tight as a claw buried into the soft flesh of the underside of my chin. It nudged my head up a little, my eyes matching the gesture, until they met once more with hers. There was, if I was reading things right, curiosity in her stare. The question? She asked me, for once being surprisingly patient. The question. I had almost forgotten the question. It was her touch the sight of her, and this ointment that she had slathered on me. My body so suddenly yearned for hers. It wasn't just the heat in my chest that told me so, but the painful throbbing between my legs. My body hated me for not giving in to temptation. Both hands now held tight to my face, her thumbs massaging the ointment onto my cheeks. For the moment, the room began to tilt as the edge of my vision blurred. And then, then I felt fear. The look on my face gave Thoslavi pause. Varashvi? She began, as if my childhood nickname would bring me some comfort. Her duties, for a moment, had become less of a concern. Why are you so afraid? Are you not? Of what? Of what happens if I'm chosen? Her hands began to slip from my face, but I quickly reached up and held on to one with a strength that she did not try to fight against. This was against the rules of tradition, to touch a Jalamas on a night like tonight. But this was also Thoslavi. She was my friend from birth. You know I cannot. You must, I insisted. Tradition. Then tradition be damned. I screamed. Then suddenly I felt a wash of shame overcome me. This, it, it felt like betrayal. To Thoslavi, to myself, and to Mother. I let go of her wrist, turned my eyes away from her, and swallowed down that shame as best I could. I'm sorry. But she did not let go of my face, and instead urged me to seek comfort from her touch. I fought against it at first by trying to push her away, but 
but I never really could say no to her. I'll ask you again. Why are you so afraid? Because from the moment of my birth, I had been marked and raised as potential sacrifice. Because every time I'd watch somebody go, I'd make a mental note that they'd never returned. Because if, if I'm named sacrifice, I'm never going to see you again. This hurts my heart, Lavi. We sat quiet after that. I worked up the courage to once again look into her blue eyes. Her own stare was unwavering. The look on her face hadn't changed at all. We both took a deep and careful breath of air at the same time, steadying our nerves. I finally caught some of her calming scent. Then she said to me in a quiet voice, Do you think it's just a coincidence that I was the one to be your caretaker tonight? I wanted to nod, for some part of me believed that it was. Some simple twist of fate? A stroke of good luck? Her sharp snout twisted up into a crooked smile, her hands both now held onto my shoulders. That look on your face. Are you really that naive, Arashvi? You chose this? Did you think I would leave you alone to a stranger? Tonight, when it could be your last night with us. She shook her head. I would never allow that. I controlled what I could. If the fates decide to take you away, then at least we get to spend one last night together. That's good, wouldn't you agree? We leaned into one another and both embraced this forbidden touch between ourselves. The tips of our muzzles brushed against each other as I pressed my forehead to hers and stared into her eyes. Her tongue dashed across the fur of my cheek. It was almost apologetic. I don't have all your answers, but I wish that I did. I don't know what happens if you are named Sacrifice. I am sorry, Varashvi. Now I kissed her. Just a gentle lick atop the bridge of her muzzle. The salty, earth-like taste of her fur was familiar to me. I could feel her shift a little as I did it again. Then she sighed into my neck and reciprocated the gesture once more. Thaslavi had done more than enough. There were still a thousand questions that I wanted to ask, but those could come later. I wanted this moment to last for the rest of our lives. I don't want you to be named Sacrifice. She finally admitted, her voice low and tender, so unlike she had been just a little while ago. She seemed to want to laugh. That goes against everything I was taught in my duties. So selfish of me to say that, isn't it? I think tonight at least we are allowed to think a little selfishly. You know what? One hand came down from my shoulder. It fell across my thigh, then slid inward under my own loincloth. Thus Lavi breathed hot into my face as my legs tightened a little around her hand. You are right. We are allowed. Just you and me. Lavi? I closed my eyes and leaned harder into her, my tongue lolling out of my mouth and suddenly meeting with hers. They entwined with one another in an instant, rigid and then soft, and so warm and wet. Our tongues nearly tangled up into a knot before Thoslavi pulled away, leaving her panting and I silently begging for more. We are still a few more hours before sacrifice is named. Nobody is going to disturb us. Are you sure? 
I asked, as if I wanted anything else but to feel the touch of her soft fingers on my skin. My voice asked for one thing, but my body responded for another, and I soon opened my legs for her as I felt her hand slide further between my thighs. Nobody would dare disturb the work between Ajalamas and her charge. She paused as her fingers brushed against my sheath, that look in her eyes, teasing and self-assured and so delightfully cocky. Tradition dictates it so. Tradition also says, Thoslavi smiled at me. Her hand slid away from my thigh and easily wrapped around the girth of my sheath, which now felt bloated as my knot struggled to slide out the opening. That tender flesh ached with need as she pressed down around my knot, very nearly forcing it out herself as it throbbed to her touch. Hmm? What's wrong? Every other part of me twitched and burned with desire as she began to massage that sensitive fold of furred skin. I could feel the watery precursor to my seed surge through my erection in pulsing waves that matched the quickened beat of my heart. It visibly dampened my loincloth and stained the furs on which we sat. Should I stop? Her hand began to slip from my sheath. I shook my head almost desperately so, and found relief when I felt the pressure of her fingers once more. Tradition be damned, right? We are going to be. I paused as one claw began to explore inside my sheath. One thousand needles jabbed their way up my spine, each one bringing me more pleasure than the last. My hips bucked against her hand, pressing more of her wriggling finger inside my sheath and adding to the pleasure against my swollen knot. In so much trouble, Lavi. Stop thinking about that, she commanded as I fell forward a little and buried my face into the side of her neck. And focus on me. My voice, my scent, my touch. I licked hard and slow along the inside of her neck and felt her shudder under me. She started to press a second finger into my sheath as the first one hooked up and dragged along the inside, both drawing it back against my knot and bringing it forward once more, locking the bulbous flesh tighter in place. Her voice seemed to echo in my head as she drew me further against her body. I could feel her breast now, rubbing against my chest, small and stifled moans escaping her throat as the piercings on her nipples were tugged and pulled by the friction between us. Bite me, she ordered, and I gladly played the part of the ever-obedient pup as my teeth sank into the tender spot between her shoulder and neck with enough care to not draw blood, but enough force that even she paused for a moment, perhaps lightheadedly at my quick response touch me, and one hand held tight to my wrist and forced me to cut one of her breasts as the other hand dug further into my sheath. Thus Lavi was soft, her nipples hard and erect. I salivated onto her neck as my fingers pressed around her nipple to give it a gentle tug. She moaned loudly now, her legs closing, then opening wide, exposing the both of us to the heat of her arousal, which seemed to ebb and flow with each pinch and pull. My knot was dangerously close to slipping free, now only held in by the pressure of her fingers raw against it. I can tell how desperate you are, Varashvi. Her free hand clawed its way across my back as her hands finally slipped out of my sheath 
leaving me both with a sense of relief and a deep longing for more of her touch. Ah, <sighs> if only this night could last forever. With those words still lingering in the air, she wrapped her hand around my shaft and gently began to stroke me, the slickness of my own excitement easing the slow tug and pull that had me whimpering against her throat. My teeth sank deeper into her skin as I rolled her nipple between my fingers and found my other hand occupied with the prize between her legs. If my own whimpering and throbbing was proof of my desperate need for her body, then it was Thoslavi's own pleased sigh and the wetness between her lower lips that was proof of her need for mine. Two of my fingers easily slipped between her soft folds, and after a little prodding and teasing back and forth, I found her glistening jewel which in a moment's touch had her claws burying into my back and her breath cutting short at her throat. Thoslavi could find no words for the pleasure she felt and simply allowed her body to speak with mine. It was her panting against my own and the way in which our breathing had oddly begun to complement one another. It was the way she bucked and rolled her hips against my hand urging more of my fingers to slip deeper into her sex in the same way that I humped up against her hand just to feel more of her against more of me. It was the scent of our combined arousal, now so heavy in the air that neither one of us could ignore the way it spoke to our most primal need. Her hand held to my erection with a little more force and began to move faster. With each downstroke, I felt her palm pressed tight against my sheath, squeezing it back as if to coax my knot from its embrace. In return, I massaged her own jewel, the pleasure she got from it so obviously sharp that even with my face buried on her neck, I could feel the pulse of her growing excitement surge up from between her thighs as a wave of bristling fur and contracting muscle. I moaned her name and finally released my ma's hold on her throat still tasting her fur and skin. Thoslavi met my lips in an instant, the kiss we shared with one another, both rough and strong as her tongues wrestled with one another. My fingers began to dip lower between her slick and eager lips, teasing at her twitching entrance before I dragged them back up to that small knot of pleasure. Her hand pumped my erection to the rhythmic pace of our beating hearts before falling away fast just as I began to feel the pressure of an approaching orgasm punch against my stomach to cradle my balls and tease my engorged knot. Not yet, she murmured between panting breaths as we finally broke from our kiss, my tongue lapping at hers a few more times before she nudged me back with a gentle push of her shoulder. You do not get to spill your seed until I say that you can. Lovey. My voice trailed off as I felt her hand hold my balls with force. It wasn't enough to hurt, but just enough to get me to stop and take a sharp breath of her lust-addled scent. All I could do was beg with voice and tongue as I submissively began to lap at her neck. Again, she pushed me back, though not before meeting and sucking on my tongue one last time, drawing out a half-sigh from me as her hand fondled my balls and mine cupped the length of her whole pussy to rub and massage like she was doing to me. Back, she finally said, her voice low and husky, so full of desire and love. Lay back from me, Varashvi. Without waiting for response, she began to force me down to the ground, that hand of hers never leaving its hold. 
Thus Lavi laid me down on the ground and wasted no time in climbing onto my lower half, her hands holding tight to my hips as a feral look seemed to overcome her. I was fully exposed to her now, and I moaned her name loudly as my loincloth was pulled to the side and my erection was pressed against her burning lower lips. With a low and dangerous growl right against my ear, thus Lavi began to grind against me, her soaked thighs pinning me down as teeth playfully found their mark along the ridge of my ear. The full weight of her body pinned my cock against my stomach as she effortlessly slid up and down its turgid and twitching length. Every time she slid down, the tip of my head pressed against her wet jewel, and in response to the sudden pleasure, she would thrash her tongue along the inside of my ear and snarl out just how much of a good pup I was being for her. Sweet, obedient little pup. She breathlessly praised as I felt her leaking excitement start to soak onto my balls. I writhed under her, my hands on her ass, and my eyes permanently locked to her swaying breast, and struggled to keep my voice down as I once more felt her tongue press along the inside of my ear while she slid back up on my cock and teased her tight entrance with the tip of my tapered dick. Don't move, my sweet Varashvi. One thrust is all I would need to slip into her depths not deep, and thus Lavi knew this all too well. That wild grin and wild-eyed stare said it all. But she didn't allow me this, not with her command and, and not with her soft hands pinning me down by the shoulders. She drooled on my face, and then again stole my breath as she suddenly shoved the whole of her tongue in my mouth. Her hips, working in tandem with the rest of her body, rolled down on me until, at last, my head speared into her tight entrance, swallowed whole by wet, searing, clenching muscles that gripped surprisingly tight and refused to let go. I barely gasped, a simple yet genuine, oh, you're incredible, and babbled out incoherent praise in the short moments in which my mouth wasn't occupied with hers. And in those moments... As Thoslavi clenched tight to the head of my cock and shivered over my body, I could hear her praise me back. My sweet, thick pup, you are everything I will ever need, Barashvi. Her tongue and teeth found their way back up to my ears and tortured me so with licks and bites as she squatted down onto my lap and allowed more of my cock to slide further inside her slit. I could feel how my widening girth further spread her entrance, the angry veins along my shaft nothing but ridges of pleasure that she used for her own carnal desire. It wasn't quite all the way. My knot still lay exposed to the open air in the bitter heat of her sex, but there was enough of me inside her now that every twitch, pulse, and clench resulted in the tight massage of her walls on nearly all of my cock. Oh, please... I begged of her again as I spread her ass and caressed the base of her sensitive tail. Don't stop, lovey. Every part of you feels so good, so hot, so... And with a hard bite to the side of my neck, thus lovey shut me up, her teeth sinking into my skin as that long and rough tongue lapped away at the flesh between. It was pain. It was pleasure. I gasped her name and shoved her down onto me, hilting myself into her stretched, burning core. 
and momentarily embracing the feeling of my knot pressed so dangerously tight against her gaped entrance. Pups! It was the only word out of her mouth as she raised her hips until the tip of my cock was still held inside her. Thuslavi's eyes were feral, and her husky voice was accompanied by the wild snarl of an animal ready to pounce for the kill. She gave me no time to understand her request. Her demand. Thuslavi allowed herself to fall back onto my lap, the weight of her body knocking the breath from my lungs as my knot battered against her entrance. She lifted again. Every muscle in her body seemed to fight against the idea of it and slammed down against my groin to grind down on my knot as if she were ready to take it. The pace of her movements was slow and methodical. She forced me to feel every rise and fall as the wet slick of our bodies rang against our ears. Pups, she said again as she began to grind against my knot with renewed fervor. Rise, fall, Grind, repeat. Inside me, Varashvi. I... I need your... She took a deep breath and locked me in a wild kiss as her hips pushed down harder and faster, my knot so soaked in her juices that it finally began to push inward against her hull, just how she wanted it. She then broke the kiss and panted out the demand that finally broke me. Give me your pups, Varashvi. A tender hand caressed my cheek. Hot breath smothered my lungs. Her wet tongue wormed its way back into my mouth and threatened to push down my throat. Hips slammed repeatedly against mine as she rode my body like a personal toy, harder and faster and louder so that the whole village would hear and know. With a moan of wild pleasure, the two of us pressed against one another and both felt the way my knot began to stretch her out. Thosfali rolled her hips, took a deep breath and growled loudly into my mouth as that knot stretched her out to her widest before it wetly slipped deep into her core. Walls instantly contracted and held tight to that ball of sensitive flesh as it swelled inside her. I felt, just as much as she did, the tip of my cock kissing her womb. My head spun as she clenched down on me, over and over and over again, begging for my seed to flood her burning core. Your pups, she snarled after breaking our kiss yet again. No! And with her permission, I finally felt my body allow itself the release that I so desperately had been craving. My cock flexed hard inside her, balls tensing tight against my groin, and again... I moaned, Lavi, as I gushed straight into her eager womb. She fell on top of me, stealing my breath and further sealing me inside of her as I felt spray after hard spray of my seed flood her insides, locked in tight by a knot that refused to let even a single drop go to waste. And in all that, as I continued to hump into her so that I came as far deep inside of her as I could, Lavi could say between licking and biting me was how badly she wanted a litter of my pups. I can feel it inside me. She whispered to me as her hands came around my neck in the last throes of my orgasm. So hot and heavy inside my womb. Can you feel it too, Varashvi? I... I can't. I said under a tired breath as a painful throbbing down between my legs began to subside. 
My tie to her was tight. Not that I was in a hurry to unbind myself from her body. Lavi, what if... I'm going to be the mother to your pups. She said to me with steadfast conviction, her gaze unwavering and unblinking. And you their father. And if they take you away, I will follow. Forever. To the end of this earth if I have to. She clenched around my knot, and I moaned under her. This seemed to bring some deep pleasure for her. She was amused by my reaction. Her hand again caressed my cheek, and the kiss she gave me afterward was tender and kind. I love her. But I don't want to think about that right now. I just want to lay here with you, sweet Varashvi. I held her tight in my arms. Slavi hummed, content, and nuzzled into my neck to idly lick where she had bit time and time again. I'm scared, Lavi. I felt her sigh into my fur, her hands holding me a little closer. I don't want to be chosen. It was meant to be my greatest honor, a title to be fought for. Sacrifice. Or, so they have told me since the day I was born. And yet... On the eve of this night, I was terrified, clinging tightly to my lover like a lost pup. She licked again, nuzzled closer, one hand held over her womb as the other gripped tight to the fur of my neck. Her words, quiet and soft, finally admitted, I am also scared. And with that, we have reached the end of Gift for the Land, Sacrifice, by Orpheus. Continue to listen here, as well as The Voice of Dog, where Khaki and friends bring you more wonderful tales from around the furry fandom. I'd like to give a huge shout-out to our Patreon members as well. In the top tier, we have Chestnut Luna, Dimbles, Fowler, and Wolflord. Being in the top tier, you have no idea how big that is for me and the podcast. It's truly humbling to have the support of amazing folks such as yourselves. The support you have all given is beyond what I'd ever imagined. From the bottom of my heart, I thank each and every one of you. For our other patrons, Agador, Dream Merchant, Glared, Wasson, and Wolfie Wetfur, you guys are amazing as well. Each of you have been and continue to be instrumental to our success, and I'm proud to say that I know each of you. And finally... Everyone who has listened to any of our episodes, thank you. Each and every time someone listens to our work, it really does mean the most to myself, the authors of these stories, and the voice actors that bring the characters to life. We hope to do this for a long time and continue bringing you furry erotica from all over the furry fandom. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed tonight's tale. I also want to apologize for my absence for the last few months. Each of us have life events that happen, and sure enough, one happened to me. My father, one of my biggest motivators, was hospitalized, and he's just now currently gotten back home. While I'm going to do my best to get back on a regular schedule, I may have to miss a week here and there until he returns to full health. And as always, good night, and come again.